Welcome, everybody, to the Orange is the New Cast podcast. It's the officially unofficial podcast for AMC's hit television show, Orange is the New Black. Today, joining me in the studio is Cecily and Pialani. Hello. You know them. You love them. Uh, I know it's been a long wait, but we're finally going to get around to, re- the, to to wrapping up season two. Season two. It's been more than a year, but we're, we finally made the time to do this. I mean... I- V's dead, people. Can you believe it? Yeah, but, you know, Emily Post says you do have a year, so I think we're okay in terms of politeness. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, we're fine. Fuck Emily Post and her politeness. (laughs) We have manners. We're polite from season two. (laughs) (laughs) We're actually, uh, if you haven't figured out, uh, we're wrapping up season three. Um, We've got a quorum here of uh, podcasters. We've got uh, a 50 50 percentile, and uh, we're going to do this thing. Uh, what do we want to, uh, so, so I want to talk about just in general, this is something I've been discussing with all the ladies. Uh, what is your relationship to season three in relation to the other seasons? Like, is Ooh. this the best? Is this the middle of the road? Is this the worst? Who wants to go first? Cecily, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I think, I think season two has been my favorite so far. Uh, there's been some interesting new characters and dynamics like Pensatucky and Boo is one of my favorite pairings, mm-hmm. but as far as storylines altogether, I, I've season two has been my favorite so far, but I would put this, I would say if I were to rank them in order, I would say two, Two, one, three. Oh, really? Just, it is the worst season. Holy shit. That's not to say it's bad. It's just my least favorite. Okay. You did, yeah, you're asking us to choose favorites. So yeah. um, we have to put a stake in it, right? Sure, sure. I have to say, for me, um, I like season two the best. I think it's kind of like when you're in a relationship and you're first dating. Like season one was like everything's exciting, everything's new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But season two was you started to know folks. You started to sort of uh, be more um, interested in who they were as people, not just these sort of superficial characters. Mm -hmm. And we really had a story that was sort of throughout the entire season, whereas season three was sort of the schizophrenic. We we heard a little bit about everybody, but not a lot about one person necessarily. Season three is when the sex life died off and they wouldn't (laughs) wouldn't pick up their wet towels off the bathroom floor. Right. The sex life dies off. Like the whole – the lesbian comment that – what's her – Lesbian lesbian bed death. Yes. Lesbian bed death is season three. I will put that on there. So I also (laughs) like season two the best, which I'm glad that we were podcasting on it. Um, I like season one because I felt like – it was all new and fresh. Mm-hmm. And season three was really inconsistent for me. I didn't love every single episode. I was sort of at the middle of the season. I said, damn it. Why are we podcasting on this again? I'm not excited to talk about it. Yeah, so. there was a three episode stretch in the middle, maybe mm-hmm. even longer be, in between. Um, I, I thought that it started really strong. But in yes. between like Piper getting, you know, in between the Pentateuchy Boo Axis and Piper getting... Uh, her panty business off the ground, which was kind of you know surprisingly entertaining towards the end. There was a little lull where I was mm-hmm. feeling the same thing, like oh, oh, I don't know about this season. Yeah, yep. I think they could have easily made this the last season if they weren't going to have one main story. Yeah, that would. I I feel like the only cliffhanger type thing that will take us into the next season is the fate of Maritza, or mm. or Marzipan as you call her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure, uh, Marzipan. 
and also sort of what's going to happen with Caputo, right? He's at this crossroads of it. Will he be this leader? Will he be this corporate guy? Will oh. he? Yeah, there's that come too. Around, you know. There's also anyhow. So die as baby. Like, do we? You know that that's in a very precarious situation, almost getting stomped on by DEA <laughs> agents. Um, yeah, but... The elephant level gestation period of Daya's baby. It didn't feel yeah. like she was pregnant for 36 months. It sure did. Do yes. you think that, is there any, I I feel like where they're going to go with this is somehow Daya and uh, Pornstash, Mrs. Pornstash are going to, you know, even though Alita is, I, I mean, Pornstash, Mrs. Pornstash, if she gets back in, to an arrangement with this family is going to demonstrate my theory that I think she's secretly crazy as crazy as porn <laughs> nice. stash because yeah. you know, on the, on the one hand elite, this is kind of all Alita's fault. She's the one that did the money grab. She's the one that did the, Oh, the baby's dead. So Daya could probably get on the phone and be like, my mother's a lunatic. I don't know what the hell's going on. I mean, what choices does she really have anyway? Yeah. Cesar's in jail. She, the That's baby... what I'm saying. Her, her baby's going to be a ward of the state. It will be. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, and she didn't terminate the parental rights, so I guess, you know, she could probably streamline it. I feel like that's where they're going to go, but mm-hmm. I just don't know about the Mrs. Pornstash. She worries me. I, I think it would be fantastic if Mrs. Pornstash came back because she's just incredible as an actress. Yes. yes but... So that would be great for the show, but wouldn't they DNA test that baby? And that's not, you know, it's not junior Pornstash. Oh, that's true. But I, right? I feel like if the, if the biological mother... That's something that you start DNA testing when. Do you have to request it? Yeah, I was gonna say it's like if the mother, if there's a dispute, then but if if it's like everybody just signs paperwork and everything's cool, then you don't have to worry about that. Yeah. So we don't know who she signed as the biological father on that piece of paper. That well, I mean, it's always it's always an option to leave it blank. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't know. There's a little bit of drama, but I'm kind of, you know, Alita and Daya is just such a crazy relationship that I'm finding it hard to care. And I don't think we're ever going to get Bennett back. So, so uh, I, it's going to be interesting to see if they can find something for Daya to do that right. she can kind of stand alone because I'm not interested in her reaction, her interactions with her mom. Did we ever find out why Daya is in prison? Was yeah, no, she drugs? got yeah, she got mixed up in in drugs uh, with her boyfriend, which might have been Caesar. Like I, no, no, I, I, no, I thought Caesar was kind of like overseeing the operation, and they slept together at one point. That's what I'm saying. I feel like they. I, didn't, I wouldn't call him her but, boyfriend, but I wasn't podcast. <laughs> See, that's the well, thing. Like my slept with was your boyfriend. <laughs> 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 Just a business relationship that was cemented with, you know, some some yes. wine and pousset. Pousset. Uh, job benefits. Yeah. Yeah, it's a perk. The HR department came down it's and dr- said drug test and mm-hmm. bed test. Mm-hmm. We have available pussy in this office. <laughs> uh no, I, I don't know. I, I I it's gonna be really interesting to see if they can turn her into an interesting standalone character. But they I mean, the one thing Gingy Cohen can do is reinvent these people because, you know, I did not see Pensatucky coming, uh, the fact that she was essentially just a foil mm-hmm. and a villain, mm-hmm. um, and then they turned her into a three-dimensional sympathetic character mm-hmm. with a flashback and yeah. a pretty juicy and heavy plot. Right. Um, Love Team Pensatucky this year. I mean, she was fantastic, too. Right. Didn't see the terrible teeth racist from season one, someone <laughs> that I genuinely would care about what happens to. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, I th- I'm kind of with you guys. I'm more of a... Th- a two, three, one. Yeah. Not that one is bad, but I thought right. this 
you know, some of the some of the emotional moments here were incredible. And I kind of broke it down with Kelly because we talked about this in the last podcast is that I feel like the 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 stakes collectively in season two were just really high. V mm-hmm. was a force of nature and a menace. Mm-hmm. And it was some real dread about what that's going to do to the prison. Right. Whereas this season, there were never stakes that high. They were... Um, you know, like with the Pensatucky stuff, it was super personal and super high stakes for her. Mm-hmm. But that stuff, no one else in the whole prison besides her and Boo even knew that happened. Right. So I think that was an incredible single, but everything else kind of, you know, the V thing kind of tied everybody together. And Piper's panties were kind of like that, but not nearly to the same scope. No. And also they're at Piper at the heart of it, which is my biggest problem <laughs> continuing is that anything that Piper touches is half as interesting as anything that anyone else is doing. And and, and that's the other brutal thing about the start of the season is the Piper Alex relationship. Was anyone buying that at all? No. I no. I and and I kind of feel like that rubbed off on Ruby or, or uh, Rose as well because um by the time they started up their relationship it was so such a juvenile adolescent framework that i kind of was over it before it even began mm-hmm. you know like, piper's like i'm not going to do the martyr cheater thing and then she did the martyr cheater thing like and... piper's reliving high school <sighs> well right how she views her experience in prison she probably missed that because she went to some all-girls boarding school and <laughs> well uh... she would have been a better lesbian had she gone to an all-girls boarding school <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she'd have not failed so hard right <laughs> um i'm int- curious to hear your opinion on this pilani because i know you were one of the the big ruby rose boosters mm-hmm. how are you grading her performance and overall arc this season um in terms of zero to ten ten being the highest yes i would say if the sound was off and her clothes were on uh-huh i give her an eight uh-huh. Uh, if she's if you hear her speaking dialogue and she's naked, it's a negative five. Oh wow! I really thought that she she just couldn't act. It's so sad. No. Um, I really didn't think she did a good job. Obviously, the, the material that she had to work with was not as compelling as some of the other storylines. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nina and I have already had a conversation about the nasatol that she brings. What's that? Which means no ass at all. Oh, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so not attractive without the clothes. Um, but as a fashion model or a DJ, she's fantastic. Yeah, I was expecting something a little bit more magnetic. Like, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I mean, I guess she worked as a trashy bad girl that Piper could, you know, that's in her mold. Because that's essentially what Alex is, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so she would believably, you know, replace one thing for another with Alex, but she I don't know that you to get her thrills and while it's still exciting. Yeah. yeah. I, I, but, but I, she just wasn't that magnetic as screen presence. I mean, no. uh, uh, Lorna's boyfriend, the Jersey shore, which is that <laughs> Vinny. Mm-hmm. He, he was, he blew her off the screen when it comes to like, you know, just charisma and interest. I thought they were and so cute. I don't know why I loved that pairing so much because it, it's adorable and ridiculous at the same time. It's know. just, it's the train wreck that you can't stop watching. Yes. And there's just something about a man in a gold chain. <laughs> no, <laughs> it makes you no, feel it's safe. The, t- the Ed Hardy shirt and uh, the, pro- the hair product from, you know, 
1960s hairstyles. Uh-huh. Yeah. He really have... was great as an actor. And I was bummed that we didn't get more Lorna this season. I, she was fun before. And this season, she was just one note the whole time and sort of desperate. And she We got was. so much. That, that's the thing, though. We got so much of her last season and it wasn't mm-hmm. a good look that I feel like they had to take her time to somehow reinvent that character. And as we were, that's how I felt. Like when we were, as we're getting on board with what's going on with her and Jersey Shore, then they threw in a reminder that no, she's still crazy because (laughs) she had him beat the piss out of poor Christopher. Christopher. And that's, I guess. Well, had him or he did it. I mean, she planted the seed, but he's the one who did it. Yes. It's not like she twisted his arm That's true. and drove him to his house. You know, she just said, no, she just there's this one guy. Her little finger. <laughs> that, but I'm, I'm saying is like, she knew what this guy was all about. And she knew, I mean, she manipulated and lied to him to get him to beat up an innocent man. Um, <laughs> and yeah, you're right. He could have been like, no, this, you know, this is red flagville. But, you know. Yeah. Uh, then he wouldn't be the guy that wears gold chains and Ed Hardy shirts. No, so, yeah, no. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair um, enough. But, but I feel like that the way this is going is that they're going to end up in prison together somehow. No. Yeah. I don't want to see that. No, yep. too trite. I don't know. Well, but here's the thing. I feel like that the way this prison thing's going is they're going to consolidate. It's going to be like a Chicago-style mm-hmm. deal, men and women's prison, because that's how you maximize your profit. Um. Although they are packing Litchfield to double the inmates, I, I just feel like that's where it's they're they're going to end up in some kind of federal, uh, non conjugal <laughs> type situation, and it'll be kind of a ha- happily ever after. No, but he just he he just assaulted him. He broke into a man's house and assaulted a man. Aaron wants more. I don't of this know if that gets that's what I'm hearing. Federal prison for kicking someone's ass. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> it's more county lockup kind of yes, thing, right? Yeah, anything. and that's the tip of the iceberg of what that guy really does. Probably, however, it just sounds like you really want to see more of this character because he brought so much to the show. I like. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: I like Lorna, and I actually like him in because you know I used to watch Jersey Shore. Ironically, I actually podcasted <laughs> on it. Yeah, no, you did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Oh, um, which is good luck finding that on the internet. No, um, not even gonna try. <laughs> but I. I I, I want to see more of them, but I also don't want it to be consequence free because that, I don't think that's what that show does. That show loves for us to forget about the consequences and get wrapped up in, oh, Diane Bennett and how cute they are. And then like, oh, no, no, this is still a statutory rape situation and this is bad for everyone involved. Why do so, you want it to not be consequence free? What? Why do not I want it to not, not be consequence free? I don't yeah. feel, I don't feel like that's the show. Like I... To me, I kind of want Christopher to get justice. Really? Like, I he like... did. Lorna's in prison. Granted, she had someone beat him up outside she... of prison. And Last she did year... break into his house. And yes. Him... And she and he confronted her directly and devastated her. What more does he need? Well, he just got the piss beat out of him. And he's done. this man has done nothing wrong. And that's all I'm saying. To me, I, I, I consider that to be closure in Lorna's mind. <laughs> Well, and we glad. only care about Lorna. Apparently. Yeah, I'm glad the crazy one. Yeah, Who cares about, care Christopher. about Lorna? Christopher, go to hell, Christopher. Yeah, no. I'm just I... trying to think of why she would do it and what she would get out of continuing to bother Christopher. But well, I don't yeah, think that's that's also bad. <laughs> you know, that's also bad long term for her and Vinny. The fact that I think that's his name, Jersey Shore. Uh, we're just going to call him Vinny because he looks he like is a Vinny. Vinny. He's the epitome of Vinny. Yeah, he's the pure With his Vinny. Camaro. Yeah, he's yes. the pure Vinny essence. Um, I don't know. That's a bad way to get your relationship started. A uh, a <laughs> revenge scheme on on false pretexts. 
in prison pen pal is not a bad way to get a relationship started. That's true. Yeah, I don't know why I'm. Uh, You're really. You've the, got this emotional connection to Vinny for some reason. Yes. <laughs> no, it's actually Christopher. That's the thing. I'm sorry, Christopher. Like, but you want more Vinny. Got it. Got I, it. I still oh, so like, the, the straight I, white guy. You're identifying with Christopher. There you the go. Nice straight white guy who, because who God does nothing know, wrong. God knows Larry doesn't didn't 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 do it for me. But no, yeah, I I do. I I I don't know. I'm I'm uh, wanting to see some justice for when will someone think about the straight white man. Right, you know how Justice how long? White guy. How Mom long are we gonna? Long. How long are we gonna be held down? I Get need to start on a, that T-shirt. How long is the white man gonna be held down? I need to start some kind of fund, some kind of uh, you know shelter uh, with a bald move logo Just on a it. Safe place for for white yes. men to be. Where is a safe public space for us to discuss? Where do they our... have a voice? Where do they have power? <laughs> I hear you, Christopher. Where do they have access? I hear you, Christopher. That, that's the question for let's forget about Orange is the New Black. Let's talk about this. Yes. <laughs> uh, so okay, apparently I'm just wrong, and we will move on to our. Where are you guys interested in seeing the panty business? Uh, did the the, the uh, inevitably slide into Scarface territory with Piper getting machine gunned into a pool of water? Um, I mean, that's where this goes. This is the Breaking Bad. This is the Wire. This is the the mm-hmm. Scarface direction. You can either. She, Piper can either wake up and stop this before it t- turns into an honest to god prison gang, or she can take it to its logical conclusion, and and the, Gingy can get kind of dark and operatic with it. What where... I'm really curious about is how much time Piper actually has now. How much time does perjury get you? Yeah, and mm. I mean. Did I actually say this on air on one of our podcasts? But I was thinking that Piper could continue the business outside of prison and be the outside contact for all the women and still inside. I mean, that's pretty lucrative business. Yeah, but it's still an illegal business. That's right up her alley. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I mean, I'm like, is that going to be one of the... truly broken bad. Is... I, I felt like she's... I don't feel like she's truly broken bad. I feel like she was putting this air on to try to be a badass. Uh-huh. But there was always some soft edge to it. Like you, you wouldn't have brought. Um, was it Maritza who came? No, not Maritza. The the other the eyebrows. Flaka. Flaka. I don't know why I forgot her name because she's one of my faves. <laughs> um, but when she brought Flaka back, and she's like, "You shouldn't. You should not let her come back to the business mm-hmm. right after what happened." And mm-hmm. then lower pay. Well, so what? Mm-hmm. She's still inside. I, I don't right. feel like Piper is smart enough. To be Tony Montana and have some sort of crime. But it seems like she's really, really enjoying it. Like firing Flocka first. And oh, the, then... the, the taste of real power that she probably mm. never had in her, uh, in her Maybe life Maybe I just before. didn't buy it. And then breaking up with Alex. I mean, and then uh, ultimately getting Ruby Rose sent to Max. <laughs> getting a tattoo. Yeah. Yes, giving herself a tattoo. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. It seemed like signs of someone who's really enjoying... I wonder yeah. if one of the things is that, like, underworld. If is let's say the next season's the last season, and our final shot is of Piper, who you remember that white girl from season one? It was all corn rode up, and she died of a yeah. overdose. What if we she like looks her. and talks exactly like like you're seeing like because she gets busted for this and it's she gets cyclical. like she gets ten years added, <laughs> oh. and you see like five years later she's the one kind of catcalling the girls, yeah. and you know she's just you would never know she was this privileged girl from this background because the institution has done this to her. Like I kind of I feel like that's the only way I'll feel like the Piper character is fully justified if they do something 
it, it like if she's just out next year because her time is up and she has essentially come through as an unchanged person, then I don't know what the point of her is. Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting because she did, as a, when her family came to visit her this season, she did talk about how sure. much she's changed. So yeah. perhaps that's the path she's going. She was sort of at this fork in the road of understanding electronics. Uh-huh. Um, and now perhaps she is understanding the the underworld of crime. She's unlocked her powers of her lady brain. That lady brain. <laughs> and now- I used I used that line. Uh-huh. I was at a women's conference presenting on the con- concept of leadership, um, and I talked about my lady brain because I it, we were just talking about women in the workplace and sort of ha- the challenges that we have. And I made the lady brain com- comment, and two people at my table understood what I was talking about. So we had this whole orange is new black. Um, conversation rather than talking about leadership anytime you can derail a boring work conference and turn it to television i yeah. applaud those efforts well you know when i'm at the work conference it's not boring first of all secondly <laughs> well, because, I always, that's because you instantly steer at the orange of the new black I, not, not only that but i always bring up baldmove.com so oh. you have gained some listeners in the corporate world because I've turned them on to the podcast. That's the big, it's where the big bucks are at. Yeah. And you're welcome. Yeah. yeah. You see those Amazon.com numbers shot, shoot up. It's those <laughs> professional women, the power lesbians that I'm talking to. There you go. Thank um, you. You're welcome, guys. I'll do fuel by lesbian bed death. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, wait. I, <laughs> we need a t-shirt that says that. Um, so I want to talk about one more t- t- thing in the Piper universe, and we'll never speak of it again. Uh, Till next week. Alex. I actually was a fan of Alex from season one. I thought she was cool and interesting. Yes, um, sure. And this, when they reduced her to a paranoid kind of loon, and uh-huh. I also did not like the, oh, she's being paranoid and she's silly. Oh, she's being paranoid and she's got a reason to, oh, no, she's just a kook to, oh, she's going to get shot in the chest. I thought that I felt completely jerked around and I never bought it from the beginning. And then when, you know, the Kubra had this guy infiltrate the prison to kill Alex. And I've also heard that maybe she's not actually dead. Uh, Kelly brought that possibility up in last episode oh, I that, think she was dead. that she's actually, uh, she's actually was mentioned in the cast for season four. And I don't know if that's just like, you know, you'll see her body dead or there'll be flashbacks or what, flashbacks, but if yeah. she's, if she gets, if she gets out of that situation, I don't know what to do because why in the hell would Kubra send someone in there to kill her? And then the guy just not do it. He's there in a prison with a gun and he's not going to shoot her or he's going to shoot her and miss or just I mean, that's just you've already taken a cake with four ridiculous layers that I just (laughs) laid. And then you're putting a ridiculous, you know, Cthulhu bride and groom on the top of it. I don't I I don't know. Oh, the visuals. What are you guys? How so, So are you guys feeling me on that or am I just blowing this out of proportion? I agree. Mostly I'm just, I'm resistant to Alex dying because I was resistant to Alex's, the degradation of her character. Sure. Uh, Like you said, I I liked her in season one. I think it was a shame that she uh, wasn't in season two more for other interesting things to happen to her. Yeah. Um, And this was just, I think, a waste of her talents. So I don't want to see her die, but that I think... That Not like would be this, the logical yeah. conclusion. Yeah. Drag it out. It's just going to make it more painful. Yeah. They, they need to bring her – if they bring her back, which I don't think they will. They weren't even supposed to bring her back for season two. There was some 
you know, they had said at the end of season one that she was done. Yeah. And I was sad because I really liked her character. I Me thought too. that she brought a lot. Um, but if they bring her back, they've got to figure out a story that's going to make it compelling for us to care about her because she really went through this weird downward spiral yeah. in season three and and had material that just made her look like um, – Paranoid crackhead, yeah. which is not who she was. She you know? presented as such an interesting character. Right. But I feel like Piper makes her stupid. Like, have you ever seen people in relationships that, <laughs> yes. like, they're fine, you like them, and then yeah. they're with this person? It's like they're not the same person anymore. Yeah. What the yeah, fuck? Yeah, so I, pussy whipped. Is that what she went through? I don't she, know. She's pussy. That's not quite the synergy because she's definitely the mentor and the dangerous one and kind of the one that's miss. That's but something about them they get together and it just does it's just toxic and it doesn't work yeah Fair and enough. i would like to see her maybe Did you, you know alex just kind of doing her own thing being the lone wolf being the lesbian jackal uh if you will and <laughs> and piper just stay the hell away from her the aspirational goal lesbian jackal I, I think that would only work if one of them were to get out of prison again but mm-hmm. then we wouldn't be able to follow that character because they're out of prison so i don't know i think they're at a loss of what to do with these two uh, I also want to talk about uh, some of the other characters. So let's talk about Chang uh, because I was yes. kind of left cold by her plotline. Um, and because that's like you know most most of the women when we get their backstory, we already know some, them on some kind of surface level, and then the backstory helps us to more deepen the appreciation and understand how they got here. Where Chang was largely a mysterious kind of one note character and then we got this backstory that doesn't really inform anything about what she's doing today mm-hmm. and i know kelly disagreed because she's like arguably chang is the most badass michael corleone woman there she ran an entire criminal enterprise and she had people killed on her orders so and did red red uh, red no 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 red was like the consigliere of that organization at best she was not the godfather chang was the godfather mm. Or whatever the Asian equivalent of that would be, the Chinese equivalent. I don't know. Chang's a perfect, she is the example of all these storylines, these bits and pieces throughout the season that don't tie in together. See, Mm -hmm. at at one point when Piper was doing the search for a cell phone, I thought she was going to come and find Chang's, um, her TV watching phone. And that would have been a nice way to put those things together. And uh, so I liked seeing Chang's things but um well caputo's fucking with her orange fence that heads are gonna roll on that one (laughs) she she can go out and see that fence healed up she can't get her oranges and the the prison will run red with blood it'll be like the shining just a tidal (laughs) pool of blood coming down the corridors or that rooster is gonna come in and just go mad and like peck everybody's eyes out because she will control it there's yeah. not even a fence there anymore. It's just oranges <laughs> and chickens for days. Oh, that's right. That's just well, <laughs> yeah. Freedom Lake for everyone. Yes. That's, Lake. that's one thing I, I, I float as a joke with uh, Kelly. It's like, what if season four is just like a real time, thir- the 13 hours that the girls are at the Freedom Lake with yeah. the guards on strike and pan and no one's like <laughs> exactly sure. And they're just kind of living their law style, you know? I know. I the love land. them to create like stand up paddle boards with those porta potty doors. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And go out there and paddle on the lake. Oh, yeah. Get yes. a little bit of Tom Hanks's uh, castaway and they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're trying to escape the Freedom Lake now. Maybe you can get a smoke monster. I think it would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, yeah, polar bear write, that down. write that down. Email Genji. <laughs> so there's there. Uh, Sounds like I'm kind of on an island, so to speak, with that. Um, 
for We already talked about Pensatucky and Boo. Like, yes. I feel like I've talked a lot about Pensatucky and Boo. But, you know, anyone that didn't get to talk about those storylines is free to now. Um, you know, it's I thought it was a an important storyline. It was uh, really dark. Uh, it really gripped me emotionally. Mm-hmm. And seeing, I also just love the twist that the women actually didn't enact their revenge. They were better. The convicted felons were better people than it's, Donut Guy. It seems logical. Like a girl with a dragon tattoo, you'd want to just get revenge by doing what they sure. did to you. But it, I'm not saying what girl with a dragon tattoo, Liz Sal- Salamander, uh-huh. was wrong in what she did. But it doesn't make you a better person. If you mm-hmm. are able to enact those things on another human being, it's just it's disgusting and it's wrong. No, right. re- revenge tales are interesting and motivational um, in fiction. You know, just like we like to see Batman beat the shit out of people because we just know that Batman's only beating the people that really deserve to be beat. And his ju- judicial review process is impeccable. There's no <laughs> false positives. No nope. one ever gets beat up or legs broken or paralyzed and waist down that doesn't deserve it. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, but real life is a lot messier. And, and also, you know, uh, Batman... Uh, is a ter- is a broken human being mm-hmm. and <laughs> is not really genuine he- genuinely healed by any of these experiences. <laughs> no, so is Pensatucky. <laughs> um, but no, I don't think so. I think she, you know, in realization that she, I n- don't want to ass rape this guy, uh, even in revenge. I'm not Swedish enough. That was <laughs> a good moment for her character. Um, so yeah, I don't know if we want to talk more about that or if we want to move on to... Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to talk about Alita because we got a lot of her kind of backstory, but it all kind of confirmed the grossness that we've we've sensed about her. Do you want to talk about Sophia? I thought she had a really interesting arc. Oh, Sophia's story. I mean, Sophia so- started by giving her son some very bad advice, well, predatory advice about women. Mm-hmm. That I kind of feel. Are you guys feeling me on this? That that was maybe the beginning of well not the beginning but that was the catalyst for michael transforming into kind of a punk i don't know that that was the catalyst i think that that was sophia doing her best uh to give advice and it just was completely off base um but i think she had the right intentions quite frankly i hate to say it even though it was horrible what she said no, um, yeah. But I think Michael was already on the path to be a little asshole. He's a little shit. I mean, he, he was not a nice kid. Um, once his father became his mother and, and you know went to prison, it probably messed him up emotionally so much that he just couldn't figure out how to cope as a yeah. kid. And then hormones start kicking in and peer pressure starts coming up. Yeah, he's a young and, man on a path, and she just yeah. gave him more fuel to that. Fire. No, that's the year. So I mean, maybe it's more the icing on the cake than catalyst because her yeah, the sprinkles perhaps, not the icing. I know his wife, her 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 ex wife said something along those lines, like you know you're blaming Benny, but what's this you told about the girl? Now I've got him with insecure girls all up in her skirts, and you know she was blaming her for for that advice, which I thought was was kind of interesting, um, and then. I the the her getting thrown in a shoe at the end is just such oh, I mean heartbreaking. It's yeah. such it's just unconscionable, and I feel like that is the most overtly evil thing that I mean that shows the banality of the prison industrial complex. The fact that like we're going to on paper 
say we're protecting this inmate, even though we've utterly failed at every step of the process did to so- do so. Did they ever show Sophia getting a chance to maybe call her ex-wife or a lawyer or something and yeah. actually get this process started? No, no. they just put her away. Oh. And, yeah. and it was, quote unquote, for her safety. Right. Um, but that's not what she wanted. And she couldn't understand why. And they didn't even really tell her why. The guards, you could tell the guards as they were carting her away felt badly about it but they couldn't say anything yeah because they're following orders Mm -hmm. it was horrible but you know it's also i think there's a little bit of a slight commentary there that the guards are willing to walk out over issues they have with their pay and benefits Mm -hmm. but they don't mind holding their nose and throwing an innocent woman into shoe you know that that wouldn't be something they'd stage a walkout over Mm-hmm. And I don't like I. That's something I've just kind of made my own connection. But I, do you guys feel like that? That's actually there. It's a subtle commentary about, you know, everybody's kind of out to get theirs, and that's why a lot. There's a lot of problems with the minorities we have simply because the majority is this. You know, ooh, that sucks. But what are you going to do? It's like when you see some, a cop pulling over someone from speeding. You know, you know, it's like twenty cars could pull over and like beat the cop up and throw him in the trunk and save the speeder. <laughs> but we don't because it's like, woof, better him than me. And I feel like when you've got minorities, that thing kind of snowballs and it's not for any reason of outright malice. Although you do have the, you do have the malicious people, but it's more like, I just don't, man, I'm, I, I don't want to stick my nose and getting that kind of heat. What if uh, a Ford or Maxwell or Rod Cocker um, helped her out by making that call for her? That would be a way to redeem them. Yeah, and I'm not saying that they're. Uh, this isn't like they're evil people. It's no, they're just following they're following orders. orders I know. And doing their job, <laughs> which got a lot of Germans hung in the at the Hague. So I think, I, I think <laughs> that is putting someone in the shoe is just inhuman. Period. Yeah. So there. I mean, where do you draw the line? You're gonna put this person. You're gonna put this person in there for. A few no, days. I mean, if someone beats the shit out of another person, like inhuman or whatever, they need to spend some time in the shoe. Sure, but I mean, where where would you draw the line? How long would you let her stay in there before you're like, I can't do this? Well, the other thing is, it seems like it's not even for her protection because that was never an issue until she started talking about lawyering up and going to the press. It's like that's the that's the what's the really uh horrible thing on top of this is it's you know like i said on paper it's for her own protection but even within the company no no that's that's it's widely understood that that's just purely punitive yeah Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. i think sophia is going to know i'm i'm very interested to see what i really like to see is sister ingles spearhead this because she's got that you know she got all up in high dungeon last year over the prison conditions and she did that hunger strike and she's already kind of replugged into that nun network mm-hmm. it would be kind of cool to see her because they also had this made this deal of them kind of making up and 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 reminding us as of reminding us of that bond they had in season one i think it'd be cool for you know sister ingles to have one last crusade did sister ingles give up being a jew no. uh, well she never was she was this for no. she was uh I give up her quotes, meals. but you know yeah she still wants those kosher meals she's yeah. a jew for food a foo. <laughs> or a Jude. She was a Jude. She's a Jude. A Jude yeah, for food. He's a Jude. Uh but no, I I think um I don't know. Maybe that 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 will be a minor scandal that she's actually eating kosher. She was definitely very politically active in her youth, so Sure. 
perhaps we could rally that again. And they did have a relationship. Sophia and Sister Ingalls had some sort of connection and relationship. So you're right. Is there going to be any happy ending? Speaking of Michael and Benny, is there going to be any happy ending with Gloria and Sophia with them being able to reach their sons from within prison? Or is this just going to be more of a, a realistic, this is what happens to kids when their moms get put in the system? Well, I think it depends on whether Orange is the New Black want, wants to be, you know, a political commentary or a social commentary kind of show. It absolutely I, I does. That, yes. I don't know. I don't. I feel like they're up and down. So they're getting more of a commentary, but they're touching the surface on a lot of issues because there's so many characters and so much diversity in the show. Right. They're not, which is good. Problems. But at the same time, them. yeah, I don't feel like they're drilling down on anything. They're they're touching on the the food. And the horrible conditions of that in the prison system, but there's no resolution. Uh, you know, they're they're touching on the punishment of somebody like a Sophia, and there's no resolution. They're touching on cutting back on pay for the people who work in the prison, so bringing in less qualified people. Um, but I, yeah. oh, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, I was going to turn to, to the conversation to a Healy. Birdie red axis okay and maybe even throw suzanne on there because uh, hands down my favorite plot line if you just talk about <laughs> pure entertainment value was the continuing saga of the time hump series uh, suzanne's <laughs> erotic fiction i loved everything about it i loved the commentary on the tension between creators and and fans <laughs> yes. i love the talks about writer's block i like i i just i just loved everything about it um and i it doesn't seem like it's going to continue next year because it seems like this arc next year, Suzanne's got her P squared girlfriend whose name I desperately tried to find out and never could. Um, Wouldn't it be fun if they started a writing club? <laughs> they still don't have any books. Yeah. Fill up the prison with their own. Suzanne agreed that a writing workshop. That would be fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so, so you th- get a bunch of those storylines next year. Yeah. And there were such avid readers that were there in the prison. That would be really nice for them to have something. Yeah, writing could be really healing for Pusey. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, so let's talk about Healy, Red, and Birdie. Um, obviously, I'm really, I'm really interested in seeing Birdie come back and lay waste to Healy <laughs> when she gets cleared from the suspension because she is actually good at her job. She's another person who could crusade for... Um, I just blanked on her name. Sophia. Sophia. It's kind of, yeah, Sophia. Did they ever connect, though? I don't recall the two of them being in the same scenes together. I don't no, think so. But but I don't she, think they did. But I feel like if she, being the, the competent morally just yeah. person that she is, that she wouldn't let that stand. No, I, I agree. And I think that is kind of the perfect storm for Sophia that you've got this strike, you've got um you've you got the the one competent counselor being thrown out for flimsy reasons you've got the bad blood between uh that that the alita has stirred up about about everything so it's like all these things she could survive any any one of those things but them all three coming together just blew her out of the water mm-hmm. um so i'm really invested in seeing her destroy healy i hope that i mean it seems that jinji's going to try to somehow rehabilitate or redeem Healy in our eyes um, with this, you know, his his tortured childhood plotline. I don't know if it's going to work. I honestly don't because I just can't imagine me feeling differently about this man who's been the only time he's not been awful is for his own kind of naked self-interest. It's true. There's been uh, like, for example, Caputo, we saw him masturbate in his office one time. And and we're like, gross. Ooh, that's gross. Yeah. Yeah. But we spend 
the first three seasons thinking Healy's a gross person, uh-huh. I I can't see my mind changing on that. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, you know, masturbating to some fantasy you have over some woman that doesn't know that you're... He's not making anyone else feel creepy except for the audience because we're the voyeurs in that case. And and, and the way he... When he contrasts, like, you know... You contrast him like Coates and Bennett and Pornstash, he actually comes across quite noble. Like, Jesus Christ, just rub one out. You don't have to actually molest the inmates. That's like, yes, that's a call to action that I can get behind. (laughs) Um... But and like I said, I, I actually think Caputo's really an interesting character, which again I did not see coming. No, right. Um, I even like the fact that he's fucking Figaro. When they first unveiled that, I was like rolling my eyes. I'm like, oh my god. But I thought she—I I don't know. I was like, I called it the lens of fucking Caputo. But whatever, she's able to like really give these on-point kind of deconstructions of caputo's personality and it seemed like she's an effective therapist for him yeah and i agree and, like fucking her is like almost a scream therapy type of situation like you just hate yourself and you scream into a pillow and... yeah he's the kind of man that resents <laughs> the world so getting being able to actually hate fuck someone without yeah rape <laughs> yeah 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 it's got to be healing for it's a, a step up like from uh jurgens at the office yes. yeah scream and moan therapy it's <laughs> yeah. a new but you created a whole new genre of therapy <laughs> see and I, I had two different i can't remember who it was maybe it's you and Kelly, uh, Cecily, but I know Kelly was of the opinion she thought that there was genuine sparks between Red and Healy. I'm not getting that at all. I think that Red manipulated Healy. Healy has feelings for her, but she is not... Red's too smart to shack up with Healy in a post-prison or present-prison context. Agree, disagree, what? I, I agree. I think that they... That she was manipulating him at first, and then they had this talk where she said, I had to do it, and you don't understand, and she made him understand. Mm -hmm. And then it came back around to where they do have feelings for each other. He gave her the corn. She gave him the quiche. And I hate (laughs) it, but it seems that there are feelings but that's being caught here. I felt like what she said was honest. Like, I appreciate having you as a contemporary peer who is not a woman and who is not crazy in the same way these women are. But that's it. Our ships pass too late in the night. I know you got a Russian Russian woman fetish, but I'm not. I mean, I feel like <laughs> that they Healy still wants more. But from her perspective, she is not interested in the package to Healy. And Kelly's like, well, I just thought she said it had a lot of honesty in what she was talking to his wife when she she dressed her down for ignoring this good man i'm like yeah i mean she definitely was using part of the truth because i i do feel like that that his russian wife is a little bit i don't know man i keep going back and forth because he lied to her she's completely sold him a false bill of goods and then you get there and it's it's not this dashing psychological it's it's fucking healy (laughs) So, like, of course she's going to be miserable. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I can't stump for Healy. I try, and it just, nope, the more I think about it, he's just terrible. And he needs to be defeated. He needs to be drummed out of the prison. I think part of it with the two of them is is each of those characters was looking for love and support. So Red had been sort of lost her empire inside the prison. And her, you know, and her, lost her husband and her family. Yeah, the small empire you know? she had outside, yeah. Right. So I think part of it was 
just needing to have a connection, which is really a theme for many of the characters, like needing to connect and have love and have support. Mm. And I don't know that it was a romantic connection for the two of them, but it was sort of this mutual respect at a point. Oh, Healy wants to fuck Red. I think Healy wants anybody, though. Okay. I don't don't think that Healy is necessarily romantically... I mean, yeah, maybe he thinks he is, but I think it's more he's lonely and nobody likes – remember, like, nobody liked him. Nobody wanted to talk to him. No one wanted to go to his cookie circle. No. Um, So he's just grasping for some sort of glimmer of hope. And then when Red was misleading him but also speaking her truth, I do think that she did believe a lot of what she was translating in the beginning, just like Kelly did. He thought that meant that she loved him. I mean, I really do think it's one of those excessive things of just desperation. It's not like he doesn't bring that stuff on himself, though. No, I'm not saying that, but... Yeah, I wasn't implying that. He, I mean, he's directly responsible for a young woman trying to kill herself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And horrible, horrible advice in general. And he's almost directly responsible for a young woman dying. The, yeah, you know, in season one, where you know he engineered a situation where Piper was going to get. Oh yes. So like, yeah, no, he's really bad. He mm-hmm. is the biggest vet villain in the prison system now that porn stash is gone. And honestly, they, I mean, porn stash was direct and in your face, malicious and terrible. But Healy is that the same way. Like, did I don't think porn stash ever beat up an inmate. And he did statutory rape Daya, but Daya, da, yeah, I mean, he didn't actually rape her because she went along with that willingly. That yeah. was kind of her and her mom's scheme. Yeah. So, like, Porn Stash is just awful because he's just got, he's just a terrible human being with a p- bad personality. Healy's a, that, plus he actually does real harm to people. Yeah. Like, he almost got Soso killed, and he almost got Piper killed. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. Bad, bad guy, and I don't, I, you know, it it would be in Jinji's wheelhouse to try to redeem him as a character, but I'm, I'm going to have my arms crossed and heavily resist any sympathetic plot about a little boy getting abused by his mother. It I'm, is terrible. It's yeah. terrible. But you got to rise above. You got to get yourself some therapy. You got to get yourself some, you got to rise above. Yeah, you can't which just... is why he became a counselor, right? Because he was studying, right? Isn't that what they say? The people who are the most messed up sure. become therapists and counselors. Sure. Yeah. But I figured he, you'd help yourself get better along the way. Yeah, I feel like Healy, he believes things about therapy that flatter his ego, and he rejects things that make him question his assumptions about yes. men and women and that kind of thing. Yes. Fair enough. Um, well, so we hate Healy. We do hate we Healy. Hate um, that's that's just the right thinking thing to do. Um, that's the title of this <laughs> podcast. We hate Healy. Um, I've got some email. Do you want to do some email or do yeah. you have any other um, things you guys want to talk about? Let's do email and see what that spurned for us in terms of more conversation. Okay. Well, first we have Stephanie P. And uh, she is a longtime listener of Bald Move. And she's actually a fellow Hoosier uh, from northern Indiana and attended IU Bloomington. Go Hoosiers. Oh, Hoosiers. Uh, hey, Stephanie. She says, I'm writing to you about Orange is the New Black, the season three finale. I wanted to comment on a remark you made about Roman Catholicism and the toast thing with Norma. I wasn't sure what you were implying, but as a lifelong Catholic and with 12 years of Catholic school under my belt... I can assure you that we don't believe in toast appearances. Perhaps you may have been referring to the fact that we venerate saints and their relic, not worship them, just have reverence and pray to them. I was curious as to what your point in mentioning Catholicism was. I'm in no way offended by your comment. I just want to clarify our beliefs and get an understanding of what you meant. Um, Yeah, I mean, I was just, I thought, I mean, I'm making assumptions here, but I assume that the writing staff on Orange and New Black is largely... uh, 
agnostic atheist <laughs> and with a liberal view in theology, if not, and that the whole this whole you know most of the religion thing was all about things that are kind of outside the stream, mainstream is it's it's they talked about a lot of Judaism, they talked a lot about uh you know this weird norma cult they talked a little bit about Amish and all the mainstream like Christian, you know, like you, um, Black Sydney's father as the Black Southern Baptist was unequivocally painted in a negative light. And I just made the point that I wonder if the cult people were, you know, kind of worshiping the toast stuff was a kind of a nod at, you know, some of the peculiar things about that, like, you know, Catholics get up to or the Pope appears in a, a piece of burnt toast or Virgin Mary appears or, or Jesus with his flaming heart and a piece <laughs> of burnt toast. If that's like, all y'all, even the mainstream people, a little crazy too. <laughs> and that's all. I mean, I wasn't a dig on anybody, but and I also, it's like I think this is interesting. Um, and I'm I'm not judging, I'm not judging. Uh -huh. But when you say that we venerate saints and their relics, not worshiping, um, we just pray to them, <laughs> you oh. know, and revere. It's like okay, where do you where does the line of worship stop? And well, this is just prayer and reverence. Oh my gosh, I'm I'm I my mind is spinning right now. So can I? May yeah, I you are yes, you please. are a, a a Roman Catholic. Uh, I well, I did make it through grade three of CCD, if that counts as being I, I, the Catholic authority on this podcast. Verified okay. credentials. So let me let me start with the um the uh, Norma in toast. What did we call her? The Norma. Well, Saint Norma. Saint Norma. First of all. That Say Norma of the Silent Sisters. There we go. <laughs> the, there you go. Sister of the Silent Sisters in the pants. <laughs> um, there was a stream of uh, Virgin Mary sightings in things like toast or um, scrambled eggs or the side of a tree for a long time. I want to say maybe in the 90s. Mm -hmm. And my sister, who happens to be a, a filmmaker, was actually working on this documentary that was following one of these Virgin Marys in something with a comedian named Kathleen Madigan, who's Catholic. She's Irish. Um, but I don't know that that's a specifically Catholic thing, the Virgin Mary in images. Uh, perhaps it is because I know that a lot of them happened in very Catholic countries in South America um, and in other places in the world. Wasn't but that the Catholics are the ones that really do the saint veneration? Like none, no other like i don't think that's like a methodist or a baptist or luther i mean well maybe lutheran so no other christians yeah, Lutheran's like i, I can't catholic speak to light. yeah <laughs> catholic light yeah. no other christians uh have saints uh is that what you're no, saying or they, just no, they believe in like saint peter at the pearly gates and stuff but they don't like have intercessors right and I, I don't know. So when again, I was I'm, I'm up, speaking as as Jehovah's Witness, and we yeah. and they 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 poo pooed all that shit. Like if you're praying to anybody but God, you're 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 uh, flirting with the divine retribution. So, <laughs> well, I remember. Okay, first of all, not only am I was I raised Catholic, but my parents are from the Philippines. So there's this whole other sort of cultural um, thing going on with being catholic so oh is there it, like an equivalent of the santa muerte stuff like do you have oh, like yeah. some kind of weird filipino so, twist on it we have lots of weird filipino twists and not just in our pastries uh <laughs> yes so we would worship the baby jesus so there'd be this little baby jesus. jesus with a crown and a long red cape um Super and i'm jesus. sure he had, he, had a, he had it was baby jesus <laughs> because okay. he was young he was still a child uh -huh. not quite not an infant 
Oh, like toddler Jesus. Yeah, toddler Jesus. That's good. He was about three Uh and in his huggies with a big velvet cape Mm -hmm, on. mm -hmm. Um, I remember that. Uh, The Virgin Mary is very big in the Philippines in terms of Catholic. You know, we we ask the Virgin Mary for a lot of help with our families. And then when when you're in Catholic school, you know, like sixth, seventh, eighth grade, you know, middle school, and you're dating someone, you give them a St. Christopher necklace. To protect us. St. Christopher. He took a fist to his face for all sins. I love you so much. You got to save us. Yeah. So it's those kinds of things. But I, I don't know. I'm also getting twisted up in like the Hawaiian culture that I also have is that we worship the god and goddess of certain things. So the goddess, the volcano is about rebirth and we, and growth and, uh, uh, each of us have a spirit god that oh. we worship that protects us. So oh. I'm, I've got a lot of schmurgle going on in my brain around religious What's religions. God? Say that again. What's your spirit it's, god? It's like I, I can take this. It's Dwayne the Rock Johnson, <laughs> who who I recognize in my personal pantheon. Well, Jason Momoa as Aquaman also acceptable. Okay. Also okay. acceptable. It's very a, it's acceptable. A, it's a it's a um, a dual god system. Yes, oh. and he smells really good. I've never been close enough to Dwayne the Rock Johnson, so. Hmm. Anyhow, um, that was not very Catholic of me to say, since he's married. Oh yeah, don't I, cut, thou shalt not cover covet some other woman's penis, husband, other woman's penis. or penis. OWP the op. <laughs> um, so I yeah, I mean, like I, I I this is one of those things where it's like I get the distinction and the difference and all that, but like it's I don't really care. Like I you know it's like if you're this is this is all a bunch of complicated cultural religious things that you know. I was just making a gag about cults and yeah. toasts. Yeah, I think you're just being funny. To... But you, your comment about the writers' room and being agnostic, I I bet that there were a lot of Jews that are in that writing room. Um, that's just sort of the pattern that emerges around comedy writers in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, and Genji Kohan, my guess, probably Jewish. Mm. Uh, and I I think that they probably were raised with some sort of religion and those who weren't Jewish, probably Christian, just from a pure percentage standpoint. Yeah. But I think that they tried to honestly do research on different religions sure, because mm-hmm. there was so much that they covered, even if it was just a headline or two in this season. Yeah. And Stella so, at one point even claimed to be Buddhist. Yeah. Sh- yeah. And trying to become something else. Right. Was it yeah. Muslim at the end? She was reading the Quran. Well, because that was the they're all trying to go after the. I'm not going to burn that. Once the kosher stuff got is halal, right? They're all trying to go after that angle, mm-hmm. you know, to get the halal meal, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I know even less about that than I do Judaism. But um, I actually think that the Israelites came off looking very well. I actually really admired the take on Judaism, and I've it. I, every time I've seen it depicted or talked to people, I feel like they're pretty right on like if there is a god and he has a relationship with humans i feel like the relationship as depicted by the 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 jews is feels real to me it feels like feels like the realest type of relationship a man uh, you know a human could have with a god figure that you're just kind of struggling and you're you're struggling to comprehend and the god's and live not a good life here and god doesn't matter he's not demanding like a complete un, un, unflinching faith resolve and he you know it's it's he's it's you're worshiping god who's like one of your highest holy men is famous for fighting with god literally like he wrestled an angel until the angel broke his hip 
<laughs> and that's how the whole thing started. So I think that's cool. I think that's pretty cool. And I thought the Cindy's conversion was genuinely moving too. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, big Cindy, as Nina would say, if she were on the podcast, she would say big Cindy. Big Cindy. Big Cindy. Uh, so Stephanie, I, I think you should keep on venerating the toast. Um, <laughs> and, and that's, that's fine. You got to do what you got to do. Um, let's continue on to Mac- see i think it's mckenzie it's not really signed but that's what the email says um she wanted to say both of you guys seem pretty positive this is me and kelly about inmates being the ones driving the van is something that Gingy created just for the show to add more drama or get plot done well i've been wanting this as well and after some research it turns out that this is an actual job inside federal prisons Yeah, I believe that. She links to a Journal Star uh, article and also um, an, a, a Reddit article from from inmates that are they're talking about this. And she goes, the first link is an article about a prison that's dropping its inmate driving policy after an inmate had an accident and ends up killing a woman. It also goes into what had happened for the prisoner to be allowed to drive. And uh, this is also the comment on Reddit. It says in real life, the town driver has a gate pass. It means she has been put through an extensive background check and has zero violence on her record and a short sentence. Only the warden himself can approve the inmate who has this job. So pretty much the only thing that's weird about the whole thing is that people have been shown driving the van. That's true. Cause Pensatucky would not be someone that you would give a gate pass to. Nope. Um, but they no, I, that's kind of mind blowing because Lorna. it's like, why? Like, I get given prisoners jobs inside the prison. Everyone needs a purpose. Yeah. Everyone needs their own garden or whatever. But like that, it just seems like letting a prisoner drive in today's litigious society is asking for a massive lawsuit. If anything happens like that, you know, you rear in somebody and suddenly like, oh, my neck hurts and you let a prisoner drive and none of this would have happened if it had been a guard. And, you know, I don't know. There are probably some pretty um hefty limitations well sure yeah, and i think of it as it is about rehabilitation and, and showing that you're trusting someone who is yeah true. going through the system and developing skills and and preparing them the whole point is really supposed to be you're right about to go back out right you're and right. that's not what's happening in our prison system today nope. however I've... theoretically that's what it's supposed to do you're right so i, fu- I, I argue that that's why driving is a good thing I mean, if I were to driving, give someone responsibility, yeah, and there was a threat of maybe adding twenty more years to my sentence if I were to hit someone or <laughs> <laughs> drive into a pole and not kill us all, then yeah. I probably would do my best to drive well. You're right. You're probably it's, you'd be a safer driver than me. I'm all. I think they yeah. they they would be safer than any of the um, guards that are in there. And I I think I've seen drive when they drive, they are actually cuffed to the wheel sometimes. Ooh. Like a, a long chain so they have mobility, but they can't leave. Hmm. I, I feel like I've seen that before. And maybe that was in a movie. But I, I totally bought that they would have someone driving. Particularly yeah. like, look at Lorna. I mean, she's nuts, but she's not violent. That's true. By proxy. But... <laughs> That's true. Okay, okay, fair enough. Nothing Unless that can be proved in a court of law. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on to Margaret C. Uh, she has a nice little roundup for us. Um she says, thanks, thanks all of you collectively for a great season. Um, she's for listening. She has uh, four points she wants to talk about here. One, in the first episode where Sophia gives that awful advice to her son Michael about practicing on a few girls with low self-esteem, it really seemed like her male privilege from years ago was ingrained within her. 
There's no doubt that the trans population faces some of the hardest obstacles currently in our country and world. But for a period of time before Sophia had transitioned, she received all the privilege that comes along with being a dude in America. This advice seems so sexist and misogynistic because it's not the Sophia we know. It really made me think that she still must hold some views, whether it be consciously or unconsciously, from when she was a man and received all the privileges that came along with that. I will add that I feel like it's not uncommon to see women internalize misogyny Absolutely. as a way to fit in within the system. So Absolutely. it doesn't surprise me at all that a man, a former man, when he transit when he transitioned to a woman and is now a she, really hard to keep all the pronoun stuff straight. Um, that 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 would be something that some baggage that they would bring along. Right. Yeah. I agree. And she even says, you know, if being a woman is is sort of being victim of all of this sort of cattiness and click stuff, she, that's the stuff that she didn't want to be a part of. You remember that uh-huh. line? Yeah. And I think she also came from a background. She was a firefighter. She was some sort of public servant, right, before she transitioned. So just imagine being in that environment where you're shacked up with three with a bunch of different men Very for hours at a time. Uh-huh. And what else are you doing but, you know, watching porn and hanging out and talking shit and being dudes. And so how do you get past that as you – just yeah. because you take hormones and have surgery doesn't mean any of that goes away from your development. Yeah, right. I think until you experience it or someone you know experiences the benefits of feminism and the way that you should treat women, um, it's hard to understand. Hmm. Like Sophia is learning a very hard lesson right now about how you should yeah. treat women. No, it's a it's an interesting issue because I feel like this is the now uh, – now that it seems like a lot of the gay rights stuff is settled because the gay marriage is being kind of not not settled. No, not no. settled, but it's it's I think the frontier is moving towards trans issues. It's not the minority anymore. It's not like, you know, now that it's essentially legal to get married in all the 50 states. Right. Yes. I mean, there's still some 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 screaming and hollering, there's but that's going to be that that's, probably will resist you. The, but that's you know, this is marching the National Guard and desegregating the schools yes. <laughs> you know this is it's like it's <laughs> right. happened we are mobilizing the troops deal with it i feel like the trans issues are what is and of course you i'm i'm treading all over your territory do you agree that that's where kind of like the majority of the hate and ignorance is migrating well i i think a couple of things i think that it's still it, let's be clear about marriage equality did not solve all the issues in the lgbt community Certainly. because you can still be fired for being gay or lesbian or bisexual or transgender. Holy Um, shit, for real? Legally? Yes. You can still legally be fired from your job in in many parts of this country. So, Wow. Just know that that the fight uh, is not over in terms of equality just because they have marriage equality. Here's my privilege showing. I thought it was all all good now. Fuck me. No, it's still big. And, you know, it's funny because there's this whole uh, commentary running on social media about this Stonewall movie that's out and they uh-huh. discounted the riots, I'm the, assuming. Yeah, so Stonewall is really kind of what kicked off um LGBT rights movement sure. and it really started with transgender people and um African Americans and that was kind of cut out of this movie. So Ooh. it's again privilege, right? Mm-hmm. Rearing its ugly head and telling a story from their perspective, which was not the trans perspective or African American perspective. So I think that there's still a big fight. Um, I think the LGBT community, you know, if you think about what the young people are saying about it, it's about not even identifying with those four 
um, letters of the acronym, but right. wanting to be just called queer or questioning right. or intersex. And that, you know, that's tough, going to be really hard for this country to wrap their head around Certainly. because we're, we've always been very literally black and white about issues. Mm-hmm. And well, the young people just want to be very gender fluid and, and sure. don't want to fit in any boxes. And you see so. that a lot of that in like the feminist community because I kind of yes. I'm an observer and I, I try to be an ally. But uh, you know, some women don't know what to do if a tr- if a trans woman comes in and wants to be join their feminist group. Mm-hmm. It's like, but yeah. you spent most of your life as a man, or you know, it's like they it's it's hard for them to wrap their heads around it. And is it you know is it is it fair for them to want a biological female space to discuss things is that transphobia there's you know mm-hmm. i mean again I think, it's the internalized ism you know yes. you can fill in the blank of whatever the ism is but we we are all wrestling with it regardless of who we are whether we are privileged in the one up or whether we have you know three strikes against us and being one down because of certain privileges so mm-hmm. uh moving on to her second point she says fuck healy as a fellow msw <laughs> which i assume is something something social worker like maybe a municipal is it m msw yeah MSW. marriage no, Social. yeah i've heard of lmft it's just a licensed marital I, family yeah i have but... friends who are i'm sorry to all my friends who are msws that master i don't know what that acronym is master of social work that's what he is no, master of social work not They're a doctor smart. a master um, I'm ashamed to share the same some the, the same professional title as this fictional asshole. He leads the type of social worker who needs to get his me- needs met from his clients, and that's totally inappropriate and unhealthy. Sometimes working in the social service field, it can feel like the world owes you, but the truth is no mm. one forces us to go into this field, and we knowingly make the professional leap. A guy like Healy wants these inmates to praise him and acknowledge him for saving them or helping them, but it is his job. It is definitely something that takes time to learn and practice, but I cannot expect my clients to praise me or feel owed from those I help. You have to get your emotional needs met from your partners and siblings and friends, etc. He is just the worst. Also, a master of social work would never be in a position to diagnose or prescribe medication. A Mm -hmm. LCWS, which is a licensed clinical social worker, can diagnose on a DSM but never prescribe meds. That's my understanding of it anyway. And I think that's... Yeah, I mean, what I've seen a lot of therapists and social workers do is like give, say, you know, tell the person to tell their doctor that their therapist said. Mm-hmm. So it's like they're not really prescribing and the doctor's free to do whatever. But if the doctor is like, oh, you're th- you've been in therapy and here's this statement about what you've been going through and you lost your child or you lost or you're going through a divorce or sure, I can give you something that'll take the edge off. So it's not healy prescribing it's although in a fucked up prison like this maybe that's just a rubber stamp to you know like healy says give her yeah. this and the doctor's like whatever yeah um, yeah yeah anyway give her benadryl. <laughs> what give her benadryl have i oh give her ben i thought you said have you ever been a drilled i'm like is that some kind of crazy <laughs> prison lingo no i have aaron mushmouth i have <laughs> never been a drill no <laughs> i have never um it's like some kind of screw reference um all right that was a great letter, by the way. I, I missed the person's name who wrote that in. So. Uh, we're not done. We're just... Oh, uh, sorry. It's Mar- Margaret. Margaret. Thanks, Margaret. Uh, she says, Damn, the Pinstucky storyline was hard to watch. Of course, the rape mm-hmm. and degradation by Coates is bad, but her flashbacks were very hard, too. When she dated that boy who finally cared about her and actually made her feel some sexual gratification, it showed how many young girls can have countless sexual experiences but still never experience gratification or an understanding of their own body. I won't delve, dive into my complex thoughts on porn culture, but I will say 
We live in a world where teenagers and 20-something girls and women do not expect that sex will be good for them and believe that their role is just to make the male partner finish. Sorry that this is getting graphic. This is a fucking bald move podcast. Don't ever apologize. <laughs> Over oranges yeah, Margaret. black. Yeah, come on now. Uh, but that story broke my heart for the character and for many generations of women who do not know what a true sexual experience should be. Yes. If you want... No, I'm not going to go there. Uh, so... Oh, no, 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 I'm curious where you were going. Nope, nope. Going to just keep my mouth shut. Uh, that's a good point. And I'm, I, I feel sad for those women, too. I was really bothered by the Sophia Gloria storyline. I know that Sophia jumped to conclusions when her son began getting in trouble and blamed Gloria's son, but the car rides given by Sophia's wife were just a favor in the first place. I totally get that Gloria wants her son there and Sophia's family is coming that way anyway, but it was a favor. And even if it feels super shitty, people can stop doing favors for whatever they want. I also feel like the point was never addressed and I found myself yelling at my laptop screen quite often. <laughs> Gloria was pissed, but to watch her sit back after Sophia was attacked and when Sophia was sent to seg, that was some bullshit. Mm. I agree. Um, mm. But on the other hand, it's easy to sit back and say, well, of course it's a favor, but when your favor is your only link between your child that you feel is spiraling out of control, that you, that you can get emotionally attached to that favor. Yeah, that's just that's her lifeblood. That's her she's a mother, you yeah. know, and she's trying to be a mother. So absolutely she could get upset and pissed and everything else that you feel. And Gloria, I think to her credit, feels shitty about letting Alita run like this. But she did even though she was clearly uncomfortable throughout the whole time, she did not speak up and she did let it happen. She could have nipped it in the bud. Mm -hmm. And I think that's going to be an interesting plot line for story of season four, too, is how she deals with that. Because I think Gloria is a good person. I um, do, too. She probably shouldn't be in prison for as long as she is. I mean, if you remember her her flashback. Food stamps. Yeah, I mean, she was doing some – she was doing things that were wrong. Um, and she was doing things to try to protect her family and, you know, through no fault of her own, it kind of ended up in a man getting burnt to death, but you know, mistakes are made. And I, I, I'm just, I'm, I can see her being habilitated. I wonder, you know, if Pusey and black and, and Suzanne can hug it out, <laughs> I think maybe Sophia and Gloria can. Well, know. the difference with Pusey and blacks uh, and, Suzanne. Um, Suzanne is that they're in the same group because they're both African-American. I was about to say that you've got, there's a lot more gulf. You've got the trans they're, issue, they're you've family. got the racial yeah. issue, you've got the class issue. You've got a lot of things standing in the way of that. She did mm -hmm. give her the, I'm going to remember you later death stare. She though, did. So that's pretty <laughs> ominous. She did. Thank you for those uh, thoughts, Margaret. We enjoyed that. Thanks, Margaret. Uh, last email. We have an email for someone. It's a, this is only the second time, maybe third time in Bald Move history, but it, the, the other time happened this week, too. Someone requested an anonymous email. <laughs> uh, so she, this is from a perspective of a person who's not been to prison, but has visited loved ones in prison. Cool. Uh, she says, I think you should know as a young teenager into young adulthood, and my mother, sister, and I would visit my much older brother. The mechanics mm. of being approved to visit were handled by my mother, but you did have to go through a paperwork process. Arriving at the prison, you might wait over an hour to be checked in. You walked through mm. a metal detector and were lightly frisked by a guard. Mm. This was never done in an inappropriate manner, but I was young and just developing, so it always felt humiliating and dehumanizing. Mm -hmm. It was mm. also very stressful. The fact that my brother told the guard told me the guard was a dyke didn't make it easier. I was also really embarrassed. My sister, uh, I was also really embarrassed. 
Uh, it also really embarrassed rather my sister who was in her 20s. When you visited, I mean, yeah, no one enjoys yeah. the official pat down. Uh, Still don't like it at the airport. Yeah, when you get that that extra special treatment. When you visited prison, you brought a you brought a gaz, a gallon zip bag. Man, I'm having trouble. I just read that as a gazillion a gazillion zip bags. <laughs> That's a lot. I think more than was necessary <laughs> for just holding you your. You have to roll it up really small. Yes. <laughs> Wear it like a belt. <laughs> <laughs> you could also bring. I think it was twenty dollars and quarters for uh, you and the vending machines. You could had to bring them in a roll so they could see that you had no more money than was allowed. Then break wow. the roll and empty them into the bag. This meant you had to bring different quarters every day you visited. I once had a quarter in my pocket I forgot about and the guards didn't catch. And I spent the visit terrified that they would somehow find out and put a ban on my visiting in the future. The great quarter scam of, of 1993. The vending machines had better snacks in the commissary along with some microwavable stuff. I don't remember what all, but I think there was a microwave a microwavable burger. This is a big deal because your inmate could eat the food without tapping his commissary. You would play... Oh, wow card games you could talk quietly careful what you said because other inmates would be listening it's very hard talking my brother would get frustrated and shut up uh shut anything about school or my sister's work down as bullshit uh i think my mother and my sister were allowed to bring cigarettes into prison because my brother would smoke theirs and tuck one behind his ear for later cigarettes were not contraband at least not as his less secure work camp prison he was sent to after walla walla which I don't, I don't know where Walla Walla is, but it's a cool, it's a Washington? fun prison name. Sounds like Australia. Walla, Washington. Walla, Walla. Uh, it was awkward, especially saying goodbye. They would let my mother hug him, but stared real hard when my sister and I did. It made me uncomfortable. My brother wasn't a sex offender, but they were making sure there was no sexual contact. With your sister, huh? When I realized that fact, I felt sick for days. You would actually see guards gloving up to do searches on prisoners as you would leave. Once that made me cry, but I held it until we were in the car. Also, once when we were visiting my brother, I had worn a shirt with a sheer back without even realizing it. it oh, was no. A hundred degrees, and I was just dressing to stay cool. Mm-hmm. There's a dress code for visitors, and this violated it. They should have thrown us all out, but the COs let me go out to the car and change my shirt and let me back in, even though, strictly speaking, reentry was against the rules. Mm-hmm. The guards were also generally kind to children. Uh, as for stamps, my knowledge is thankfully out of date, but when I was a kid, I think you could mail stamps directly to the prisoner, and it didn't count as money going into the commissary which had been limited monthly or taxed or something, and they would trade them like money. I remember that because we had to get specific stamps. I don't know if they were the licking ones or the self-adhesive, but my sister told me the other ones could have drugs on them. Yep. I don't know if that's true. Plus... Yeah, that's true. The Harry Potters are worth like 10 times, you know, (laughs) what your standard Liberty Bell. Yeah. Stop it. You got to... They're all uh, stampologists in there. My point is recount in recounting this is to give some perspective on the children visiting the prison, including the one lady's baby whose boyfriend didn't want visiting anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't regret visiting my brother, but it is damaging. I would have nightmares. I would get sick. Sitting in that room surrounded, you were very much a prisoner yourself, even if only for a couple of hours. You mm-hmm. want to yell at the guards and tell them to be nice to your family member, but you have to be on absolute best behavior. You're paranoid that anything you could say could cause trouble between your inmate and other prisoners. If you lose focus and the rest of your hand and rest your hands on your thighs beneath the table, our guard orders you to put them back on the table. It was very bizarre for me and emotionally devastating for my mom. Her hands would just shake the entire time. Uh, anyway, the anonymous person says, "My life is great now. No more prison visits. Just thought my experiment might experience might enrich the show." You know, I will say that other than the whole thing with um, 
Ruiz having her baby taken away, they haven't really touched on, you know, how hard it is for the people visiting. Mm-hmm. Or, or yeah. when they do, they make them seem like whiny babies. Yeah, I think Anonymous really brought a nice perspective to this that um, in terms of the commentary that the show could make, that's an opportunity for them for season four. Well, I think there's some of this subtextually, like clearly, you know, Michael yes. has got the hat trick of your dad is now your mom and she's in prison and she's giving you questionable life advice. Mm-hmm. And, and your mom has a new boyfriend and also and you're 13. And yeah. And, you know, I think that there's also... Um, you know, in you're you're a teenage boy in school, and one of the things that is attacked first and foremost is your masculinity. You bet, you bet. And you know, having your mom uh, used to be your dad, and like that's, I mean, I'm telling you, he's getting withering attacks on his identity on a daily basis. He is mm-hmm. this tough guy persona beating up other people is all he can do to try to keep himself sane. I. That's fucked up, it's but that's tough. that's the you know that's the toxic side of patriarchy from the men's you know if you right. don't fit within the box then you're you're henpecked yeah right um, and historically you see that fa- there's this cycle of going to prison if a family member goes you have a higher chance particularly sure. if you're in a lower economic strata Makes so there's sense. this whole thing that you can look at Daya and Aleda for example right yeah multi generational mm-hmm. inside the same prison yeah well. On that depressing note, uh, thank you, Anonymous, for sending that in. That 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 is, I think, great information, and um, I've enjoyed covering this season. I don't know whether, you know, I can't promise that we'll be back for next year because uh, I don't know when it'll drop. I know it's filming right now. If it drops in the middle of a crazy season, probably not. Um, if we don't, um, I've been, I talked to some of the other ladies and I think if for whatever reason we don't do the full season, it might be cool to do like a series of four podcasts. It's more of a round table discussion on the season as a whole. Kind of sure. like we did right now. Yes. Only with all the, the women that care to participate. Um, I'd enjoy that. Cause that's the other thing is like scheduling. This is a nightmare with all you guys on different time zones yes. with different jobs and, and people <laughs> getting sick and trying to plan it all out. And, you know, I think it was doing two a week was more successful in, in keeping the traffic high. Cause that's the reason I did that is because after episode six last year, the traffic steadily declined because nobody Aww. was talking or thinking about orange and new black. Right. And that worked, but it also damn near killed me doing two extra podcasts, um, you know, nights and weekends and all that stuff. So I don't know how we're going to do next season. Um, I do want to do it in some fashion mm-hmm. and everybody that's on the podcast is invited to come back. So yay. Um, that's it for this season. Uh, thanks for everybody's listen and uh, participated and, and gave us shouts outs and especially iTunes reviews. Uh, we really appreciate that. That's what helps the show grow. Yes. Thank you. Any last thank thoughts? Everybody. Uh... Trust no bitches. Trust no rich. I think that's the lesson that we all learned this season. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Trust trust no bitches, even the hot-looking ones. Especially the hot-looking ones. <laughs> There's my masculine advice. Um, that's it. Uh, thank you for listening, and we will be back in some form next year. So dust off your feed when Orange approaches, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.